probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hutt, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's the inspiration and namesake of a more civilised era, the Bly Republic. Oh, yes! <laughs> yes, you naughty boy. You said you had another Bly pun. <laughs> and lo and behold, wow. He's done it, people. It's on point. How on earth are you, Matty Boy, I'm very, very well, mate. Recording a day late tonight, but it'll also be revealed soon. I'm good. How about you, mate? Have you been uh, busy tonight or anything like that? Or yeah, I've <laughs> been pretty busy. I've been running about, but you know what? A, a, a good story for another time. Maybe in a little bit, I might mention it. <laughs> it's a very good story. I'll give you that, mate. But no, yeah, all good here. Glad you're all good. Can you hear the bong at all, mate? The what? The bong. Oh, you naughty boy. It's only the news round, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's right, people. The Galactic News Round is here, and we are here to cover this week in Star Wars. BB-8 and BB-9E have now been unleashed upon Battlefront 2 as playable heroes. The Rise of Skywalker left the Oscars empty-handed this year, but Peter Mayhew was remembered at the ceremony. Taika Waititi has denied he is in talks to direct a Star Wars film. Thanks to the internet, you can now watch Shrek vs Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mickey Mouse vs Donald Duck on Mustafar. Rumours are gaining traction that a Star Wars Rebels sequel announcement will be made imminently. Disney have released images of their uber-expensive galactic Star Cruiser hotel experience. The new Vader comic series has started with a manipulative yet fun bang. Ryan Johnson said of The Rise of Skywalker, I had a blast, it made me so proud, and it was a really cool experience. And finally, Oscar Isaac has revealed that he wanted to kill Baby Yoda. No reason given. Now, week on week, Luke and myself guide this spicy Essex Falcon through the galaxy shooting the galactic breeze and, do you know what, doing a pretty decent job, we think, anyway. However, this week, this week, we are but something else. For tonight, we are simply the Knights of Ken. We're joined by the great Ken Napsock. Ken, how on earth are you, sir? Luke, Matt, so happy to be here with you both. I think Star Wars has a great connection with uh, the UK and what a place to talk Star Wars with you all here. Uh, The internet making us, uh, magically connecting us. Going to be fun. It truly is internet magic. You are spot on there, mate. Ken, thank you so much for coming on the show. We know a lot of our listeners are absolutely buzzing 
to hear what you have to say about Star Wars. But it's not just what you got to say about Star Wars, is it? Uh, I know Matty Boy has a question about this, but you, uh, you are you are basically a Star Wars American legend uh, when it comes to <laughs> Star Wars commentary. You know, we're going to go into this, but tell us how much you love Star Wars and what it means to you, mate. It means absolutely everything, and and that also means it means uh, you know it's something that entertains me, something that amuses me, and something that inspires me. Uh, which means I still have fun with Star Wars. I still poke fun at Star Wars, and then I also dig in really deep. It, it was my life. It, it was I was one of those childs, uh, childs uh, raised in the eighties, uh, uh, children of that decade, a uh, child of that decade. Excuse me. And uh, you know, at seven, six, seven years old, it, this entered into my life with Return of the Jedi. And it just kind of grew. It, it, it never really waned. There were periods of times where baseball cards and pursuits uh, outside of uh, fandoms, uh, professional or personal or otherwise, um, pulled me away from it. But it, it's always been there. It's always uh, kind of guided uh, guided me through this uh, world. I mean, that's a fantastic answer. But, you know, let, let's be honest, mate. It's It's the best film saga ever. Ain't it? Let's be honest. Throw away everything at the door. Let's be honest. In this little Star Wars sessions room of honesty, it it really is one of the best things ever made, isn't it? Let's be honest. Right. I I know a couple of people trying to tell me Fast and the Furious uh, franchise <laughs> is, um, but uh, nuts to that is what I say. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's the greatest saga ever told, which was a line in one of the Return of the Jedi promotional magazines that I read as a kid still have that magazine it's got uh, that like yoda like hand in blue on the cover of oh. like a lightsaber and it's and, and it has in it it's like it's the greatest saga ever told and if i was seven when i read that i was like well that seems true that's amazing and what we've um what we've been noticing lately and by the way i love your little fast and furious uh hint there because we've never seen vin diesel like slice down rebel fools in a corridor have we you know that's the truth um but you know the thing is yet, with, with, yes. yet there is going to be a part 10, a Fast and Furious 10, part one and two, you know, so you never know. You never know. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, Matt and I, um, are, we love talking to the OGs, the people who were there for the original trilogy. Uh, we were just recently around a friend's house. We watched the original 77 cut and we were talking to him. He remembers the original trilogy when they came out. Matt and I are prequelists. We grew up with the prequels. Oh, nice. And and now, you know, we've got this new generation that we love talking to, the sequel generation. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I just cannot wait to, to talk Star Wars with you, get some of your perspective. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, one of the things I want to speak to you about, and this is, this is coming from a place of honesty, the Why We Love Star Wars book, the best-selling book, may I say. Ken is a best-selling author. For those, for those who don't know, for those who do, let's just say it again, Ken is a best-selling author. I absolutely love that book. I generally do. The uh, for those who don't know it, it's Ken uh, recounts a hundred of his of the moments that mean the most to him from uh, from the movies, minus the Rise of Skywalker and the Mando. I just wanted to know because I've been listening to it again recently. What point did you go from thinking, right? I've got all of these memories in my head. I'm going to write them down. Actually, I'm also going to um, narrate them for an audio book. When did you decide that's what I'm going to do with these all of my Star Wars memories? I'll tell you when. I'll tell you. Yoda says uh, failure uh, is, is the greatest teacher, right? Yeah. Uh, I lost my full-time gig in January 2018 when I was working for Collider Video. Uh, I got laid off and uh, was, was home living off the dole and trying to figure out what do I do. 
and what is my purpose for being around these parts and you know i do a lot of a lot of things i've had my hands in a lot of different things from pro wrestling to writing to stand-up comedy improv uh, and even stuff outside of it, a uh, uh, you know public safety kind of career, also something that just kind of was a day job that never quit. So I've, I've got a, I had a lot of directions to go, and you know Star Wars is the thing, and I always kind of wanted to write a book, but I think a lot of people want to write a book, and it took me being kicked out of a plane, so to speak, and free falling through life, going if I don't if I don't really buckle down and do something mm-hmm. and learn from what I just experienced, which is a, a great professional failure, uh, then why am I here? So uh, a good friend of mine, Alicia Malone, had written two books with a company uh, called Mango Publishing, had lunch with her, said, hey, I think I want to write a book. And I had some other, I'll say, I had some other ideas that weren't Star Wars related, but she said, I think you could do it. Put me in touch with Mango. Uh, within a couple of days, I'd, I'd signed a deal to uh, write a Star Wars book. It just made sense with my fan base and the shows I was known for. Uh, obviously you're going to live leverage that that uh, business wise so that that's what where it came from failure uh and failure is a great motivator at times if you let it that little green guy got it right i love every i love the descriptions you go into and you can tell it's coming from a place of passion not from a guy who just literally thought i'll do this just because you can tell mm-hmm. how much each moment means to you and one of my favorite ones was um the story of uh well a happy one of the happy ones of alderaan being destroyed and um, when you go into Brayhar and Bale and their last moments and obviously then going back to watch uh, A New Hope after that and Rogue One at the same time and just how you described it and obviously how it brings a lump to your throat each time you read it, it was it was something else. Mm. And um, so hats off to, to you for that. And I also wanted to know, I know it's a bit it's a bit early, a bit soon, it's only a few months, and we, don't even, we haven't even asked you what you thought about the film yet, but mm. any moments when the rise of Skywalker maybe, or the Mando maybe uh, creep in next for the next edition? I mean, I would love there to be a next edition. So hopefully, um, you know, Mango Publishing can can uh, we can talk about that. Uh, and that's how it works. You know, you mentioned like narrating the audiobook. I had to audition to get the book um, and, and and do my own book. And unfortunately, it worked out. Um, but as far as future editions, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rise of Skywalker had several moments that that moved me to tears, inspired me, entertained me, made me laugh. And that's all the things that go into the book. You know, as, as you know, if you've read it or listened to it, it's not just about the 100 best moments that mm-hmm. science has proven. It is these little tiny things. And sometimes they're big, giant things. But sometimes it's a sound effect. Sometimes it's a memory from childhood being on the playground, pretending to be a Jedi or something like that. Yes. So there's a lot of that, a lot of that in Rise of Skywalker. There's uh, some of those moments in Mandalorian for me as well. And, you know, we got Clone Wars. Uh, Kenobi still uh, yes. delayed, but in the works. Cassian Andor, uh, you know, they're still getting that up. And that was uh, that was part of. I get asked a lot about, hey, why why not wait till after Episode Nine for the book? And that was just when the book came about in my life. It was not a question of can we wait. It was like we got to do this now. And Star Wars, thankfully, will always go on. So I, I joked with my publisher, that just means the second edition's got to go. <laughs> so, you know where we went. Well, the force to be a best-selling author. So next edition. Bring it on. That's it. That is it. And, and uh, mate, the world is looking forward to the second chapter. Um, but oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're spot on, you know, that the, the, it is these moments and it's always up to the person. Uh, like what, you, you know, we've kind of opened up with the Yoda Luke scene from The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, mm. as, as we know, I think um, that, you know, the whole fandom loved that film, right? <laughs> <laughs> unilaterally just across the board no everyone debate. may everyone and their nan loved it um <laughs> but let's be honest you know like uh 
people people really care about this franchise and they have reason to to care about it but it's it's all down to interpretation and it is those moments that might not make uh sense to to some people they make so much sense more than sense um to mm. to other people and it is amazing to um find people like yourself who who do have a big online presence in in kind of the um pundit film pundit community in the star wars community who can kind of look at things with that level headed um positivity you know you're honest about stuff and you, if you don't like something, you don't like it. But if you love it, you love it. And you have your own reasons for that. And that's something that is really should be applauded. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very good. Uh, well, hey, uh, I'll take any any nice words my my way. Uh, but I also just think it's, it's what I've what I've done my whole life. Now, look, there was a period of time I went through some uh, disappointments with the prequels. I, I went through some 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 questions about those things uh you know i i uh, i didn't initially take to the clone wars animated series especially the movie i didn't you know there's there's parts of every one of these new disney movies that i love with every fiber of my being in my heart and then there's a couple things i'm like ah you know i that didn't need that or mm-hmm. yeah i'll look past that and i we always say at four center joseph scrimshaw's words these are his words and but i use them all the time uh because i think they're important um fans should work hard to engage with the story presented to them. And we nowadays in a lot of fandoms, it's not just star Wars have expectations. Um, everyone's got a podcast and they should, I, everyone should use their voice. That's not, that's not cynical. That's not me saying don't have a podcast. That's, you know, that's <laughs> what we do. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's like, sometimes we're all quick to rush to get our judgments out or rush to get our, our five out of seven star ratings out and everything. And, and and then we second guess, and that's part of it because I second guess George Lucas for sure. Uh, but then when you engage with what is presented to you by the creator, I think you'll find, especially in Star Wars, especially in Disney era, era Star Wars, you'll find the connections are there, the emotional themes and connections to what George created, and that's the barometer that you should test all these stories against, not your own expectations or, uh, you know, uh, the you know why did this happen? That's a plot hole. That's just mm. just. Exchange, go with what's there and then celebrate. We reason at Force Center, we always celebrate or, or we're, you know, we, we're called positive, which is a great thing to be called positive. But sometimes I think that's used to write us off. Mm-hmm. We study. This. We broadcast six hours a week. I, I wrote a 400 page book. We study this down to the lines, down to the moments. And we choose to uh, look at things even when you have problems with some things or questions. I love that Palpatine came back. I don't necessarily uh, connect right away to how they explained it. But that's okay. You choose to engage with what's there for you, and then you'll find the answers and you'll find the joy. And then don't focus on the things you hate. And and that's hard for everyone in this world. That's not just fandom. That's just life. You know, bad stuff's easier to believe, and it's easier to focus on hate. Yeah, that's that's so true, and that's very Lucasian. We're pretty positive people at the same time, aren't we? We we too had issue with the Palpatine uh, reveal. But we've also come out on many of our reviews and actually said, when when Ian McDermott is up on screen, hamming up like a deli counter, there is nothing better in the world in that moment than seeing Ian on the big screen. Whether mm-hmm. or not his comeback was um, was explained well or at all, <laughs> it's irrelevant when you see Ian on screen having so much fun. And I loved Ian McDermott and Palpatine in this film, though I didn't particularly enjoy how they brought him back or didn't. But at the same time, as to your point, Ken, it is a case of 
should that should we be so hung up on that that actually the rise of Skywalker really was terrible? It didn't live up to my expectations. No, it's it, it, we shouldn't think like that. We should enjoy what we enjoy, and if you didn't like something, move on. And um, maybe maybe in that sense, I might end up writing a four hundred page book, but I certainly <laughs> like to. But no, I agree. Now, there there is a lot of that around, uh, especially yeah. online, a bit of discourse. Um, but yeah, I do think sometimes it is a it is a case of having a little baby odor. Have a little yeah. sip of the tea and just just calm it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go. I was just one of the things Star Wars one one of the Star Wars traditions that George himself started is you're going to have this movie that's going to present a bunch of characters and and have this world that's lived in and this history within the world, and that's not that doesn't mean there's always going to be the answer right then and there, and and mm-hmm. and, and because Star Wars becomes this sprawling story so there's stories still yet to be told how palpatine comes back why he comes back that's an answer we still might get even though we didn't get it in necessarily in the movie i always joke like i look i watching the movie i was like okay so okay 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 okay. he came back he came back and he explains why dark arts totally i'm on board for this i don't need any more than that but how where does he get these ships where does he get the sith people and then I'm, i'm laughing to myself in the theater because one of my favorite jokes is in revenge of the sith Literally overnight, Palpatine uh, goes from the Republic to the Empire, and the next day, everyone's in new uniforms. So that <laughs> yeah. means at some point, Chief Palpatine was like, "Bring in the uh, the the tailors. I need to design some new uniforms." You know, Star Wars doesn't answer those kind of questions. It's kind of tradition, and we get to create our own headcanon, or or eventually, a novel, a book, something will come out. And so that's one of the things I thought Rise of Skywalker. Sometimes got hit over the head for, which I understand, but also it's like, hey, have fun. The story gets to go on in some way or another. and We'll get those answers. And I've uh, been saying to a lot of friends because I've even had uh, work colleagues come up to me. You know, they're not mega Star Wars fans or anything like that. I don't know what's wrong with them, to be honest. But um, they come up to me and they say like, oh, Luke, yeah, saw the new Star Wars. It was great fun. But uh, how how did uh, the old guy come back again? Like, you know, the Emperor guy? Um, I'm just staring at them and I'm like, ah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. We're we're not sure yet, but you know, you know, we're 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 having fun. We're having fun. But you know, despite that, despite all these things, we we can sit here and talk about this for hours about the emperor being yeah. back. And I'm I'm pretty convinced it's going to be answered in a Disney Plus format. That's my mm. idea because the Mandalorian is killing it anyway. But I think there's more room to breathe in in that sort of format. And dare I yeah. say, I'm starting to think Star Wars might you know for the future suit that format a little better than yeah. than the films um and i know george lucas was always always keen on that as we know especially since in that underworld footage but something that i've always thought you know since seeing seeing uh episode nine and the rise of skywalker is that despite its flaws that it does have that every star wars film has the rise of skywalker really does hold a special place in my heart because you know it did make me laugh I did like, you know, pump my fist with it and everything. I cheered with it. I was sad with it. I was, I was angry when I should have been angry, and I was, I was upset when I should have been upset. And dude, like this film made me cry, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know what? Ken, we're British, man. Like we are not criers. <laughs> we're, you, know, do, you know, like, but this film, like that Ben Solo, Han Solo scene. Oh mm. my days! That was that was special. That's my favorite scene in the movie. So I'm right there with you. Right there with you, mate. I, dude, I dare I say, you know, this might be one of my favorite scenes in the whole saga. In the um, whole saga. Uh, I am not going to disagree with you there. 
Mate. It, 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 it would be a top uh, 10 for me at this point if I was to rewrite the book. Wow. Well, well, we've got a scoop there, guys. Top ten entry for the new for the new <laughs> book. There were there were moments for me I I loved and I loved the I actually liked the bit beginning I mentioned before that I am of the two of us. I'm the law fiend. I love the law. I love the canon. I love diving into all the books, and I wanted to know things about how JJ's very good. I think at sowing the seeds for things, mm. uh, as we all know. Uh, even during like the hyperspeed. Uh, sorry, the light speed skipping. I want to know about that green planet. What's going on there? And the inspired <laughs> planet. I want to know about all of that stuff. So the rise of Skywalker and how it ended, of course, has it has set up to me tantalizing story opportunities for where Ray could go, how mm-hmm. all of these events are going to uh, are going to weigh on her because obviously she, you don't just come out of something like this and carry on, keep calm and carry on. It's going to weigh on her. Obviously, the whole Ben Solo thing, the uh, familial reveal, the, the Skywalkers being with her. So I think there, like you've just said, there's so much potential now for story not necessarily episode 10 11 12 but yeah. so much potential for story that how they do that i don't know but how how would you say they're gonna you know push the story of ray and finn and poe forward would it be in books comics or disney plus i think you're gonna see uh see it in books first we got the young poe dameron novel coming out mm-hmm. which is great so now we get to go back and and i'm really interested in that story uh he is a a child of two rebel war heroes and i love that he uh, no pun intended rebelled against that idea and maybe ran off for a while to find himself that's what happens in life you know if i always keep using the example of if you grew up in the church and you knew the pastor's kids the pastor's kids were like give me the drugs (laughs) you know like let's uh you know let's figure this out um so that 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 kind of stuff. Uh, I, I think there's some realities uh, where right now I don't think Oscar as a John Boyega and Daisy Ridley would, would be interested in continuing the characters. And I don't, and that's not saying it's behind the scenes drama or a problem with the stars. I just think as performers and this and Adam driver too, they've done this. They were in this whirlwind, this tornado of, of star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to go ha- see them find themselves elsewhere. And then down the line, who knows? Cause look, there was no chance growing up, that I ever thought I'd see Harrison Ford in a Star Wars film again. No chance in hell. He did. He he was very appreciative. He he talked about it. But if you even watch the Empire of Dreams documentary, which is a Lucasfilm doc, which is great, he talks about you know what did it do for me? What did Star Wars do for me? And he claps his hands together and goes, ha, "Means I can really get started. I could really get my career going." He was like, "Thanks, Star Wars. I'm out of here." So he came back. Mm-hmm. Um, it could happen at any point with any one of those characters. I think uh, books, comics might be the best way of going forward for right now. No, I agree. I, I can't see, I don't think, well, certainly Adam Driver is going to come back for a long time. I can see, um, I can see John Boyega coming back and uh, regardless of what, again, that people see and read online, I think eventually we'll see some of them back at least. Yeah. But um, we're moving on to, you mentioned Jedi Council earlier on. I, I watched that show every week. I know Luke watched that show every week and obviously during its heyday of when yourself, Mark, Christian, Tiffany were on there, that was it for Star Wars fans, certainly for me and Luke anyway, that was it. Every Thursday we'd tune in, we'd watch you guys. I want to know what was it like working with that talent, especially when you had the new films coming out because I've got good memories of sitting, settling down to watch those shows. It was, it was always great. Uh, it was always fun. It was weird to be doing it. Let's uh, be honest. Like, you know, when digital media exploded, uh, it was suddenly like, oh, wait, like the things I loved as a child, <laughs> as a young adult that I still love now, now have some kind of weight and currency. Uh, that's great. Let's do it. Uh, I had 
you know, uh, the first shot out of the gate. Well, actually, the first shot was uh, on a show called Far, Far Away, which was originally Tiffany Smith's. And then Christian came uh, on board and Harloff and, and, and Tiffany did that show. And I would come on there as guests. And that was kind of crazy. It was like, wow, we're talking Star Wars and, and people are listening. So that was fun. Uh, and then, you know, I, I got the chance to, to launch Jedi Alliance. Uh, um, yep. Uh, with Maude Garrett over on the Popcorn Talk Network, and that was fun. And we, we did 29 episodes together, and then she got uh, you know, picked up by Jedi Council. And so to finally get there, to finally get on the council set, uh, it was always fun. But you were, you're were you insulated. You're on the set. You're you're in a studio in Burbank just talking for 45 minutes, uh, having fun to an hour or whatever it is. And you don't feel it until you get to go. And we were always fortunate enough to go to some of the conventions, the Star Wars celebrations, and then to see people in front of you who come up to you uh, and just say, hey, you know, this this meant something. Your your celebration of Star Wars meant something. And and that continued to be one of the, the best things about being part of the show um, and something I'll, I'll certainly miss. But uh, it, it was it was a fun ride. Yeah, and it's it's that sort of media. I won't lie to you, Ken. Like Collider, uh, Jedi Council, numerous um, other podcasts uh, that really, um, for me, have uh, has contributed to a special time in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Last week, we were fortunate enough to do our fiftieth show. Um, nice. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Really, is amazing. And our listeners are tremendous. And uh, one of our listeners, uh, we did like a Q and A for it. And one of the guys were like, what's your, what's some of your fondest Star Wars memories, you know? And um, I can't lie to you, you know, it has been some of my fondest Star Wars memories ever, of course, have been moments in the prequels, um, like even moments with the animated series, playing out in the garden with my friends are like sticks, pretending they're lightsabers, playing in the woods, pretending you got blasters, you know, who's going to be Han Solo, all that jazz. Um, But, you know, I'd be, I'd, I'd be a big fat liar if I hadn't say, you know, like like the the recent sequel trilogies, you know, opening yeah. night, Force Awakens with my friends, cool. getting hyped to all of these films. But the but the help that that I've had with getting hyped for these films has undoubtedly been with with these podcasts, with these um, pundit shows on YouTube, like yourself, um, like Collider, like Rebel Force Radio. You know, big shout outs to all those guys. You know, and I'm just I'm just saying the truth because it really has contributed to the excitement. So just again, not only a thank you for being on this show and I, and I hope you realize how much it means to us, but thank you for all, all that hype during all those years. Cause honestly you, you have helped um, create a memory for, you know, what has been the last half a decade. That's uh that's great to hear, man. That, that, that's uh, inspiring and, and, and really comforting to hear. Cause you know, we are sometimes in the storm. Look, here's what it was, you know, it's like, uh, I'm a, uh, you know, I moved to LA to be a stand-up comic and a writer and, and did all those other things. And all, all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm on, on set talking about something I love and I legitimately love it. And I'm sitting there just celebrating it. And then, you know, the industry, the, the conversation around Star Wars changed and, and sometimes it, it wasn't as fun. Sometimes you'd show up to set and we'd be like, we don't want to do this today. We don't because we know that we're going to be just attacked. We're going to be called shills. We're going to be ripped apart. We're going to be called haters if we didn't like something, uh, you know, and, and it was tough. And so that's what I'm talking about when you get out to the conventions, you know, and then we're just talking about, you know, you got the poor Lucasfilm employees or the actors in the movies getting just ripped apart. And it's like, this used to be fun because this is all it was. It was like, oh, great. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, I get to sit down and talk about Star Wars for an hour. This is awesome. And with some people I know and respect, this is awesome. 
And then it, it, some of the fun started to go away, which I, I hate to admit, but but that's why like I, I really appreciate what you're saying, and I and I appreciate when I was out at the conventions, even this past year in Chicago. Gosh, it was so moving uh, because it's not about what, what if it's done right. And and still with what we do on Force Center, me, Joseph and Jennifer, what you guys are doing right here. It's not about us talking about Star Wars and you're listening. It is about this community. Mm-hmm. We are all mm-hmm. together and we are all celebrating this thing and we are all going to experience this, uh, these movies at relatively the same time or watch sitting down to watch the shows though i don't know how you guys are watching mandalorian i don't i hope it's all in the up and up over there wink wink um, yeah well mate well what what happens is yeah um i don't know if you've seen but it's been really windy in europe uh this this oh. week so you know you can just like fly to america fly mm. back and you know we're done in a few hours it's crazy ah, yeah, they're setting the super subsonic flight records over there, right? Uh, New York to yeah, London. Mate, so they, they whipped out, they whipped out yeah. Concorde just for us. Yeah, but but in short, I, I appreciate those words because uh, we, we didn't always feel that. Uh, just like you, you two sitting here in your studio recording, you, you don't necessarily know who you're reaching or touching or who's coming along for the journey. And that was always the fun part of it. Uh, and even though Jedi Council is, is no more right now, um, you know, we'll always have those moments and memories absolutely we we love our community we we love everyone who listens and you meant i mean you mentioned jedi council's no more i mean for us for us that came out of nowhere we're just sitting there one day announcement dropped boom okay that's gone yeah. we assumed it was one of the more popular shows out there but it's gone i mean just for you if you if if, if it's something you talk about mm-hmm. how on earth did you feel when you got the news that you know as of now that's it it's all done with it's in terms of collider and the council and all that capiche it's gone in, in the actual moment, it was a surprise because I literally was uh, packing uh, my book bag and heading out to the studio uh, to record. Mm-hmm. So it was in that moment a surprise. Um, the industry as a whole has gone through dramatic changes. And so from that standpoint, I was not surprised, uh, which is that that's more than about just Collider. Uh, that's about everything and other big brands. The companies that came in and, you know, when this industry pops up, it's individuals and then companies come in and go, great, we want to make some money off of this. And some succeed greatly and for long periods of time and some crash and burn Uh, around town here. uh, We're seeing it left and right, left and right. Mm -hmm. So everyone, I mean, you know, you're texting people who work at Screen Junkies, who work at uh, Rooster Teeth, who work at, um, you know, other uh, name, any of them, you know, or who have experienced the last couple of years. And it's like. When, when are, when is it our turn? <laughs> when are we going? Yeah. So that's just the nature of it. I mean, I won't say the numbers, but it's like I, just the rent for that Collider studio alone for the building it made, made my mouth drop and the business is run on advertising. You know, that's, that's what it is when you're a company. And so that's why I would be particularly grumpy, particularly a little grumpy at some independent YouTube channels that would take shots at us because we had an ad deal with a clothing company. Or, you know, uh, did on location stuff at Denny's. You know, that's what it is. That's what keeps radio and TV and movies yeah. going. Uh, ad placements and movies have been around forever. And and that's unfortunately, you know, that's not something we all, you know, love doing. You, you know, if you think Mark Ellis loves sitting at Denny's talking about the Han Solo burger, no. Uh, he didn't necessarily <laughs> love it. But he knew that's going to get the company money to keep the business yeah. going. So going back to that day, the actual moment, yeah, it's a bit of surprise. Um, but Mark Fernandez and I are good. We're tight uh, now, about probably better than when I even worked for him because um, I understood where he was coming from. I respected it. it was his money, his business. He is an independent uh, owner, 
with no company backing right now, where before we were with Complex, he had to do what he had to do. That's business to me. I, I believe in that. But um, overall, this is what's happening with the industry. Individuals or individual brands are going to survive a little longer now just because the overhead is a lot less. I, I, I always tell the story like at Screen Junkies when I was producing movie fights and stuff. The file, when the show ended, uh, I, uh, the, the, the TriCaster operator, JT, the great JT, would take the, would take the file, download it. Uh, the cameraman and I would shut down the studio. He'd go into an assistant editor's office, give him the file. The assistant editor would pull some elements and send it to the editor. The editor would fix it and upload it uh, to the uh, website, to YouTube. And then the content manager would come in and, and make sure all the metadata is correct, get it published. And then the marketing guy would make sure that that published video was put out to the world. That's five or six people on payroll. To make yeah. one lots of hits. Uh, a guy or a girl in their rooms doesn't have that. So that's why the industry is changing dramatically. It's going to continue to evolve as it should. Um, and why I understand, I say all this, it's not some, some business class uh, thing here. I'm no expert. But I say all this to say I, I walked away from the Collider Jedi Council experience. My head held high. It wasn't anything we did. It wasn't anything we could do. Uh, did I wish we could build on what Emma and Ace and I had started? I absolutely, we had great, we had some good plans. The show was going to change even more. We were going to have uh, field segments, pre-tape segments, celebrity. We had a lot of great things planned, just didn't come to be. Uh, and I'm okay with it. You know, we got a, we had a good run, like I said. So uh, that's just where the business is. And plus, for people who who love you. They can still find you. They can still listen to you. They can interact with you with your own podcast, your your own work. I know, like even even you're doing your own stuff. I know you went and did like Google talks about your book and whatnot. You know, as far as like we see it, it's the wild west still, isn't it? Yeah. All of this age, all this age of pundit stuff, of commentary, mm -hmm. of podcasts, mate. Like these, some of these companies, they think they got it figured out. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't figured out you know like and uh -huh. tr the truth be told is like you know we we're proof of that we're proof that actually matt and i, I mean i don't know in our last show we explained like how matt and i met we met on a forum can a star wars mm. forum because you know star wars yeah. is life and yeah. it turned out we worked a few feet away from each other in an office, like a few feet from each other, we met up in a coffee shop and instead of meeting up and talking about star wars every week to just each other turned it into a podcast you know and it it really right. is stuff like that 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 really it's expanded the choice and it's made it more competitive but like you said that's not always necessarily a bad thing especially for for our uh, our dear and amazing listeners yeah absolutely you got to roll up your sleeves and make it happen and and uh, change is sometimes good change kicks you in the pants uh, uh when it needs to so i agree and that's what's uh, part of the fun I, again like when we 2014, Mod Garrett and I launched Jedi Alliance. You know, we were given that show and told to create it. It's like, this was insane. You know, we were getting a thousand views, <laughs> but we were still, wow, wow, we, this is what we get to do. And, you know, it wasn't a living. It wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, you know, there yet. But, um, you know, to watch it grow uh, and change. And again, you, you said it right. My, a friend of mine, David Fickus, owns a production company out here in LA, Drama 3-4. We worked with, they worked with the Schmoes on a lot of things. A couple of years ago, we were doing a Game of Thrones show called The Night is Dark um, with Tiffany Smith, uh, Michelle Boyd, Ma Garrett, and myself at David's studio. And he's like, look, man, the TV industry is 50, 60 years in. The film industry is 100 years in. Digital media is five years in, maybe. The growing pains are only going to get worse, and then it will all kind of – the direction will emerge. That's a good point, actually. No, I hadn't thought about it like that because, for me, the internet's been around – it seems to be – 
forever. I'm in my 30s, so it has seemed to be around for quite a long time. But obviously, yeah, like the, the rise of YouTube for how it is now, because I remember YouTube when it was just a guy going to the zoo. And yeah. it's like, wow, guy's in the zoo and he's filming it. Obviously now it's, but, you know, people make a living out of this. <laughs> you know, it's great. So um, for you, because I know you've got the Four Centre podcast with Joseph and Jennifer, which if anyone hasn't heard, do go and check it out and do yourselves a favour. Obviously you're a best-selling author. Let's make, mention that again. <laughs> but what what's... What's coming up for you? What can we expect to see you in coming up, or any exciting projects in the uh, on the deal? Yeah, no, I've, I, I, other than uh, my own my own stuff, uh, which has been fun. I, I produce it here in my uh, my home studio. So we got Force Center with Joseph Crumshaw, Jennifer Landa, and that's been going strong. And, and, and for those who aren't familiar with it, it is a deep dive. It is, it is. We do not slide on the surface of Star Wars. Sometimes we have real silly fun. But, you know, yesterday we did almost uh, two hours on uh, justice for the Jedi Order uh, in the sequel trilogy, comparing it to the, what we learned about them in the original trilogy, what we thought about them, what we learned about them in the prequels. We go deep. And, and there's no secret that that's not necessarily for everyone. It's not a, um, a quick Monday morning walk type of a show. But that's going on. I got the Knapsack Files, the Afternoons with Josh and Ken and Amanda, uh, Josh's wife, stepping in. I've got uh, Catherine. Yes, it's Amanda now. Yeah, uh, uh, Casterly Talk, which is my Game of Thrones World of Ice and Fire show, which is still going strong because um, there's still so much to talk about in that uh, fandom. I'm doing a lot of baseball stuff again. I'm back into getting back into that. Um, uh, but there's there's a cool thing coming down the line. I can't quite say. I've actually been working out for a couple months, um, a writing project, something behind the scenes, uh, but I'll be able to announce that. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's pretty cool. It has to do with the world of professional wrestling. So um, that's actually been the big the big thing going on working for me, uh, working and in, in behind the scenes on, on this big thing. So that's that, but it's always, and then stand up comedy with Mark Ellis and we're good. We're, we're going to Las Vegas on March 11th, uh, March 6th to, uh, uh, perform at Mandalay Bay. Like we're, we're, that's been reconnecting with my comedy roots has been part of the, my journey this last year as well. Brilliant. You're busy Brilliant. man. Then. Busy. I, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Freelance is you, you, you get to wake up in your sweatpants and have coffee when you want it and not rush out to work, but then you end up working till midnight every day. <laughs> the dream yeah the dream my 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 brother can relate to that because he's a freelancer too yeah, yeah. um but honestly ken it, it's been amazing talking star wars but before we before we go mm-hmm. um we do have a few questions from uh some of our patrons yeah um who, who who want to ask you some some bits and bobs um first up we got a question from adrian chorley who says um does ken see the high republic as a sensible era to move to and if he could pitch one story to take place in that era what would it be Mm. yeah so very shortly we're going to learn exactly what this project luminous means i think on the 24th they got a press event i'll say this so one thing's i'll start because a lot of the a lot of the star wars news sites uh were running with this i'm not even gonna call it a rumor but just kind of this unsubstantiated report that the High Republic Project Luminous um, was going to be also the next film projects as well. I don't think that's the case right now. Uh, not not anything that I have heard on the street, so to speak, over here. But it could be. Everything could change because when they lost uh, Benioff and Weiss, uh, which you know, by the way, happened three or four months before it was announced, they knew that was happening. Um, they could easily pivot to something like this. I am very interested in the High Republic. This is what they're calling the era about 400 years prior to roughly the era of the prequels. Uh, so this is the, the old Republic, but not quite the old, old Republic. The Republic is running smooth. 
but the galaxy is not as settled and uh, the Jedi have to go maybe not just deal with, you know, uh, you know, small disputes, but just help settle almost like it's the Wild West. And in and, and, and a recent uh, comic issue, I believe it was uh, the Star Wars mainline stuff, which is now going past the events of Empire Strikes Back. Kess Dam, Poe's yeah. father, directly mentions the High Republic and talks about how it was yes. a little wilder and it needed to be settled. So I think that could be it. Um, uh, if you were just... You know, Timothy Zahn had that that Legends book, Outbound Flight. If you were to take something like that and give me four or five Jedi going to explore an unknown region, not necessarily the unknown region, but parts of the Republic that aren't yet settled, and you can give me something big there, I'm on board for that. The challenge of this next era is going to be similar to me in the, the challenge of the Solo movie, a movie I love dearly, but I understand that the Solo movie did not have the traditional ticking clock style of screenwriting meaning there's something that needs to happen or else the galaxy will be in trouble. Instead, it was both. Of course, yeah. And I, as much as I love Solo, and I think it does a great job showing the true oppression of the Empire and what the effects are and blah, 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 all those kind of things. I could talk for hours about that. You know, um, the High Republic, I'm trying to see what can they put into there that isn't the Sith, that isn't the Jedi versus the Sith. Uh, what, what, can, what can be exciting about that? And I think they'll find it. I'm excited with it. I, I'm excited by it. I do think it will be on the publishing side first. If, if it gets to the movies, great. But I think it will be on the publishing side first. Thank you, Ken. So it's not, not quite the old, old Republic, but maybe the middle-aged Republic. Um, yeah. We've got another one from Jimmy Adams. He asked, uh, Ken, now that the Skywalker saga is over, for now, and uh, because Ken is a war over law guy, what is your favorite battle, Ken? Ooh, that's a great question. Mm. I still think, I still think, so I love a lot of the stuff in Rise of Skywalker, the space battle with everything on deck. One of my favorite moments in Star Wars is Poe freaking out, panicking, thinking it's all failed, and and hearing Lando say, you know, but there's more of us, Poe. There's more of us. Yes. Oh, that got me in the theater. Cried really hard. Really great. Loved it. It's from Lando. That said, I still think, no, I, I grew up Return of the Jedi. Three battles. You got yeah the Death Star. You got uh, you know the ground uh, uh, you know the ground troops, and then you even got Luke and Vader, which is my favorite sequence in Star Wars. But I got to tell you, Hoth. I still go back to Hoth because that one set the standard for a lot of Star Wars moments to come. And some of those moments may surpass Hoth, but Hoth still got there first. So Crate had some great things where literally the the walkers are marching in Veer's formation, a callback to Empire. Uh Rogue One, some of the some of the great scenes that that AT coming out of the the fog and Baze Malba sees it, that's very reminiscent of, you know, Empire and and the rebel officer looking through the the binoculars and seeing the foot come down. I, so I still go to Hoth as as my favorite Star Wars battle. Great answers, great answers and, and there are there are many 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 answers that we can keep on talking about. Just battles no and stars in general. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Spawn. Spawn. Um, Scarif. Best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matty Boy is like Rogue One. T- like he he bleeds Rogue One. I adore Rogue One. I mean, that final third act of Rogue One, I always say, is is perhaps some of the best Star Wars that ever Star Wars. Uh, Admiratus <laughs> is. One of my favorite characters and Admiratus coming out of light speed. That's why I write about it in the book. And, and it's very high in the book because he is proclaiming the Rebel Alliance is here for the first time. We've never seen that in the galaxy until that moment. And it's beautiful. It, it, it brings me to tears sometimes. And then just had moment after a moment that you're like, oh, I used to do that on the playground. Oh, I used to do that in my bedroom with my Kenner toys. And that's why we love it. 
it sounds even better coming from the mouth of Ken himself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and and let's see, Um, that is a beautiful answer, Ken, but let, let's see how you finesse this bad boy. We've got another question <laughs> from the uh, King of Wales, Luke Summerfield, who says, okay, I've thought really long and hard about this. Who would win, the Gungans or the First Order? Gungans of the First Order. Uh, here, here's what I would do. See, I don't know where we're uh, going to put the battle, but let's say it's on the plains of Naboo or, you know, if it's in space, that's unfair. I don't think the Gungans got a, a, an armada, armada, um, armada of ships. Uh, now, if they got it, you know, underwater in the Unabongos, I think the Gungans got an advantage. On an open field of battle. The First Order has decidedly a big advantage with gear and equipment. Uh, I, I don't doubt that. Don't doubt that at all. But I, what I doubt is the heart of the First Order. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I love Mark Lewis Jones as Captain Kennedy in the opening moments <laughs> of, of Last Jedi is because he is basically there to let us all know that the First Order is not what it wants to be. It will never be what it can be, which is kind of good for us. We should be rooting against the First Order. But he is surrounded by Egypt, and he uh, almost knows he's got to go down with a ship because it's it's bad. Uh, you know, I think not every one of the stormtroopers has their heart in it. I think uh, uh, they don't have the great leadership. It is, it is a bad second generation of leadership. General Hux, Armitage Hux, his father, Brendel Hux, wasn't a great imperial officer. He just was one of the last people standing. So I think the heart of the Gungans you give them a little bit of a, a fair shot in an open field. I would, I might take the Gungans. Oh, what an answer. What an more. answer. And also Luke is going to love that because Captain Kennedy is Welsh anyway. He is like one of the first Welsh yep. people in Star Wars canon. So that he's going to be all over that. He's going to be all over that. But no, he, he does have a more serious part of his question, um, which I'm, I, I, I assume you're going to be happy about. Um, it says also, where should I start with your uh, Ken uh, back catalog of content? Oh, uh, that's uh, number one. I just appreciate anywhere you want to start is a good spot. Um, I think I, I think if you go to Force Center and you can trace the journey back with some of the though I mean, we're having a technical problem with some of the backlog of uh, our episodes. We're trying to work on that with our podcast hosting site Anchor. So some of the episodes cut off. It's it's kind of frustrating, but I. I think uh, it depends on on what this uh, what this listener um, loves more in Star Wars. So if if it's someone that grew up with the prequels, then you might go to our early Star Wars ranked episodes where Joseph and I uh, rank the ten reasons for each movie to to rewatch the prequels again. Um, if it's original trilogy stuff, I think you can go find some of our our deeper episodes. If you're having an issue, maybe maybe it's you love the sequel trilogy, but you have some big questions. I actually would start with Joseph Scrimshaw's Jedi counseling episodes um, to deal with some of the bigger issues, bigger questions you have, and see if you can see it in a different light. Uh, the idea of that show is to not bash you over the head with our opinions or Joseph's thoughts and change your mind. It's to present another point of view, which is very Star Wars like. Um, so that might be the best spot. We, we four center has been going on since 2015. So there's, there's a lot of episodes, but if you, if you break it down to what brings you to Star Wars, then you'll find your way. Fantastic. Luke, I hope Luke Summerfield, the King of Wales, as we call him, we yeah. certainly hope that answered your question. And uh, I'd like to, I'd like it to be called Kentent from now on. Your back catalog of Kentent. I'll take it. 
the final question we've got, you've kind of already answered most of it. It's actually from a guy I know quite well. It's my big brother, Sean. So Sean Hudson, he asked, uh, how did you go about st- uh, starting to write Why We Love Star Wars? Mm. And will there be more? But uh, I guess the part we haven't answered we'll asked was, how long did it actually take you to from sitting down to actually finishing that book? It took, oh, I'm doing a quick, it took me about six months total, uh, which Ooh. was too fast and not enough time. Um, but that was You'd never tell. Yeah, it's it's it, you know it was just like let's get to it. Um, you know, and I was I was we were trying to make a um a May fourth a close closer to May fourth uh, publishing date, and actually originally we were trying to make a Star Wars celebration April twenty nineteen publishing date. Um, and, and, and actually glad that that didn't happen because the book would have been kind of buried a little bit. Um, so that's why the fast, um, um, the fast time, but when you sit down and roll up your sleeves and do it, as far as just getting to it, um, you know, when we settled on the idea, the format of the book, which was going to be a hundred, you know, the hundred, my hundred favorite moments in star Wars. But the, the thought was, Hey, this is all of our shared journey. Here's just mine. Uh, I had already listed 50 reasons to love star Wars and old, episode of my podcast on Force Center called Spotlight Star Wars. So I, I thought quite brazenly that I was going to be able to take those 50 moments, write about those, and then just, ah, I guess I'll come up with 50 more. That'll be easy. <laughs> Turns out I only kept about 20 from that podcast. And even then, not one word that I said on that show made it into the book. I wow. I'd grown as a fan, changed as a fan, um, matured as a fan. So uh, I, I approached it that way. And then you, then it's just a matter of doing it. Um, I've been a writer my whole life, and the one thing I hate more than anything is writing. So you just have to kind of. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Nick Hornby and Douglas Adams, and I've you know see, seen and read their struggles through writing. Douglas Adams famously uh, hating every deadline put on him um, while writing books. So you just kind of have to you have to figure it out each day. Brilliant. Thank you, Ken. Six months to write. I suppose when you're writing about something you love. Might make it slightly easier. That's just maybe my interpretation, but you'd never tell it was six months. And I mean that, honestly, the, the detail and love that's poured into that, come, especially when you listen to the audiobook, it covers out in every single section. So uh, thank you for answering those, Ken. Thank you. Questions. Ken, thank you so much for coming on the show, for talking with us. Honestly, this I have been looking forward to this for days now because really I, I honestly do respect respect you and I, I love your opinions and I know Matt does um but honestly you you couldn't make up tonight um because basically we record usually um after work and whatnot so we've all we've done our work days here in the UK we obviously we're we're a few hours well we're many hours ahead of you guys over in California um and, and I've come home right I turn my NAF uh, PC on it's a Windows PC I turn it on what what happens updates yeah and i'm freaking out i'm like oh no oh my days i'm getting the messages coming through mate i'm like matt matt what what you could not make this up and my pc is painfully slow um i'm waiting for it to update i'm like do you know what don't worry about it i go i have dinner my missus has cooked me up some fine jamaican jerk chicken uh i have that i come back my pc's only 18 percent updated (laughs) i start freaking out ken i start freaking out do you know what i do mate do you know what i do have a guess uh, go out and buy a new computer. Close, <laughs> close enough. I, I jump in the motor. I drive to my office. Who? It's proper creepy. It's nighttime. It's dark, you know, <laughs> and I, I go through the back way 
to the office to get my laptop from my from my desk and I bring it back over here and within minutes of you getting onto this fine podcast, mate, I'm online. So honestly, it, it, you know, it, it could have never happened, but I am so happy this all worked out. Thank you so much for being on Star Wars Sessions, mate. My pleasure. Thank you both for having me on to, to talk, share my opinions, love the questions from your listeners and, and uh, keep doing what you're doing over there. Thank you, Ken. And got to say, we'd absolutely love to get you back on in the future as well. So thank you for giving up your time. And I know that the listeners appreciate it as well. So Ken, have a have a good day. And we cannot wait to hear what you do next in the Star Wars world and for your next uh, project, which we're going to hopefully hear about soon. Absolutely. Thank you. And the force will be with you both always. Hi, this is Jamie Stangroom. You're listening to the Star Wars Session podcast, probably Britain's greatest star wars podcast what a man ken is i hope you guys agree that the beard that is feared was a wonderful guest we enjoyed talking to him we cannot wait to get him on again but for now i fancy a little drink mate oh mate me too what about that naughty little cantina or shall i say bit about bantina over there flex those muscles mate well, if you guys could see what I'm seeing, you'd be in heaven right now. Uh, so we've just had Ken on, as you've just heard, and seeing as his book about his favourite moments from the franchise is a best-selling beast, we asked you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy, what your favourite moments from Star Wars were. Yeah, absolutely. And we got some brilliant responses, starting with D10VX, who says, Tross binary is defo, sorry, one of them. Uh, and Antshot first chose the classic and new hope binary. Uh, the last Armagulan and Joseph Zabornak went with Yoda raising the X-Wing from the swamp on Dagobah. Sir Cabbage said, Pod racing had such an impact on me as a kid. I loved the original trilogy, but it was the Phantom Menace that made me want to make spaceships out of Lego. What an answer, mate. And familiar name. Don't know where I know him from. Uh, Ricky Howell and the Slafer went with Ahsoka v. Vader. Ricky saying everything about this scene, the build-up, the execution. Drink, 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 drink. Uh, The score and brilliant payoff in season four. Great and brilliant answers. And yeah, love you, brother. James King. So come out. What a top man. Speaking of which, you mother son, a.k.a. Nick. He said Darth Vader's death scene. Ray catching the lightsaber on Starkiller base when that music hits. Uh, Mr. J86 also chose that moment. Um, Obi-Wan once thought as you do from Return of the Jedi. And the Old Republic cinematic trailers. John Thozeski chose, it's a trap. Worst impression ever. Cuddy Brick simply said, I honestly don't even think I can pick one. And the main man, Mr. Caravan, Matthew Paveley, I mean that in the nicest way, you'll know why soon. He went with Hoth, Hoth, Hoth. Still remember watching that amazing battle as a young kid for a sci-fi film. It felt so real when Ken's just touched on that one. Thanks, guys. Yeah, what gangsters. Up next, we've got Kelly Hoston's choice uh, with Goodbye Kanan. Rebels felt so mature at that point. It had its own journey, which was wonderful brilliant answer uh flying the wall podcast from down under said in return of the jedi when vader watches his son get in his butt kicked and then picks up palps and chucks him down the side that moment still brings a lump to my throat to this very day uh and then knights of glenn awesome name said the entire quinlan boss story arc which was side which side was he truly on had me second-guessing myself till the very end. Awesome answers. 
Yeah, Malin181 said, Yoda's monologue in The Last Jedi is that moment for me. I hear that. Uh, Safiq saw The Rise of Skywalker chose Ray, Finn and Poe's reunion on Adrian Kloss at the end of Tross. And Dan's on fandoms chose Ahsoka and her I am no Jedi quote. Jake Owens, he went with Luke Skywalker brushing off the First Order's Walker attack on crates. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, up next, we've got Jeremy Camp, who chose Luke facing down the First Order. Up next, we've got Anthony Goodman, who went with everything surrounding Luke on crate, leading up to the binary scene on Acto. Uh, new patron, legend, old guy Jedi, said uh, the Maul vs. Obi-Wan lightsaber duel in Rebels. It just shows the difference in the light and the dark. And again, fellow patron, Paul Buckle said, always look forward to a long time ago. Text on screen. Brilliant answer. Local boy, huh? Martin Mead. He went with the big Vader reveal in The Empire Strikes Back. OT Nix said, Force Ghost Luke finally lifting the X-Wing out of the water for Ray. Hearing Yoda's theme swell. Got me all choked up, emotional and teary-eyed. Seth Reborn went with, I love you. And I know. And Jay Dwer gave us, gotta be the cantina scene for me. Everything about it is great. Now, with added, McClunky. <laughs> McClunky. Uh, Sacred Something by Kara said, In Return of the Jedi, when Leia asked Luke, What is it? And he says, Ask me again sometime. Brock Bellinger shared a great photo of himself with Ian McDermott, saying he recited the line, It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. After I said the previous line in his voice, what a ledge, what a ledge, what a ledge. What a king. And finally, uh, Darth Dildo, Darth Dardo, Darth Dildo the Y. He couldn't choose, so he went with, in Order 66, the montage, Obi-Wan versus Anakin, Ahsoka leaving the council, Kanan sacrificing himself, the, uh, the Jedi Fallen Order, Order 66 scene, uh, the greatest teacher failure is. Again, Ken just mentioned that. Moff Panaka finding out Leia is Padme's daughter. I am all the Jedi by Rey. He said it's a powerful for him and his life, but also summarises the entire saga so perfectly. All the pain the galaxy has felt. We stand with Rey and choose to light with her. We heal the galaxy. Darth, you're damn right we do. And there were so many, many, many more that you guys sent in that if we had gone through them all, we would be here all night, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. But thank you for everybody who sent all of those in, guys. And um, we haven't got any Patreon questions this week, but we do have a new Patreon, as we've just mentioned. Jimmy Adams, what a legend. He's joined at the high ground tier. So, mate, thank you so much for joining us and supporting us like that. And we hope you enjoy uh, the content you give us. Uh, Luke, where can the world find that content? They can find it at www.patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. For less than a cup of coffee, you can support and be friends with your favourite Star Wars podcast from Britain. I mean, best deal ever, right? I think so. The Journal of Luke Blywalk has gone up in the last day, so check it out. Luke's talking about tabletop gaming. You don't want to miss it. And if you want to wear us, which sounds weird, but you can do, TeePublic, TeePublic.com forward slash user forward slash Star Wars sessions, mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, baby clothes, a lot. Who wouldn't want to deck their nipper out in that? Yeah, check it out. We've got a sale coming on, I say we. TeePublic have got a 35% off sale coming in the next week, so keep your eyes peeled for all that. And thank you for those who have already bought some of that swag. Honestly, it means the world to us. So, uh, Luke, what do you think about someone wearing our, our logo in another country? Mate, it is the best thing in the world, but there's only one word that comes to my mind. Go on. Spicy. 
<laughs> and speaking of the best thing in the world, speaking of spicy, that, that links us in perfectly. This guy's a pro. Two the man with the golden tones from the other side of the Atlantic. It's Curtis Smith with a brand new poem. We're debuting it tonight for you. Nobody's ever heard it before. Curtis has. It's called Round and Round. Here it is. Round and Round. A ball droid's designed for floors smooth and even, but Poe seems to behave like some sort of heathen. Visiting every planet with rock, swamp, or sand... His choice is so random, I don't understand. I only want movement, just like Boba Fett's. I wonder how R2 ended up with those jets. Without me around, Poe's life would be void. And the galaxy's best pilot needs its number one droid. Poe's special to me, because he can comprehend. You don't need a heartbeat to be someone's best friend. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry, always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. And now join me on a new adventure as I recount the entire Star Wars saga in the form of haiku. <laughs> There he is, brand new for you, Curtis Spoils. Thank you, mate, for letting us share that uh, before you do yourself. Uh, very good. And, of course, Curtis, a man who doesn't turn the lights off, he turns the darkness on. <laughs> <laughs> He's a getting better and better, man. Oh, always Curtis, always a spicy, naughty legend. Sam Smith, design manager at Hasbro for Star Wars products, and you're listening to Star Wars Session, quite possibly the greatest Star Wars show in all of Britain. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game! How about that music, people? That cheeky intro going to be hearing that in your ears every week, eh? That guy's mate. voice was something else. Mate, mate, I don't know who that was. Must have been like Kanan from Rebels or something. <laughs> um, right, okay. So as you guys know, every week we do a cheeky Star Wars-based game. Matt, are you ready? I was born ready for this. So this week, mate, I am uh, doing really, 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 really bad, bad, bad Star Wars jokes. Um, but the twist is you have to guess the answer. Uh, are you ready? And, and, and dude, I'm. by the way, I'm reading these from a book that someone gave me from work. They got it um, for their partner, I think. And uh, their partner ain't a Star Wars fan. I mean, crazy, right? Um and and but yeah, basically they were clearing out of the house, and uh, she gave it to me. So thank you, Vicky. Nice one. Right. Okay. So are are you ready? Are you ready? I like how you're taking. You're not taking any responsibility for the bad jokes. Mate, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm some, dude, some of these like I don't I don't even get. <laughs> like I don't even get. Are, are you ready? <laughs> Go for it. I'm starting on this one because I want to see if you get it. Okay, but let's see. Let's see. What do you call a Wookie with a lightsaber? Um, uh, a problem, sir. 
Uh, I don't I get guess, it. I like, guess... am, I, am I mental? <laughs> I guess it's to, if, if I saw one coming towards me, I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose you'd say, right. please don't do that, sir. <laughs> but would you? You wouldn't just say, sir. It. Well, sir. <laughs> Vicky, you've hit a bit of a purple patch for the sessions. This is seriously. I don't. I don't get this one. I don't know if I'm being thick. Like seriously, I, think I get it, but it doesn't work. Is it something to do with the lightsaber? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, are you ready for the next one, bro? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, if these are jokes, maybe this isn't a joke. Maybe this is just something like this, like, like a counterfeit Star Wars book, and it was like <laughs> written in a different language or something. It's been translated wrong. You never know. You never know, bro. You never know. Um, okay, so up next, we got where did Han Solo leave the Millennium Falcon? Where, uh, oh, this is, I, I can't even begin to imagine. Where did you leave the Falcon? Um, I'm going to have to take one answer, right? minimum, minimum. Next to the Wookiee of a lightsaber. <laughs> sir. Yeah, shouting, sir! <laughs> um, no, this one's a bit better. It says, at a parking meteor. Okay, okay. I see where we're going with these now. That's that's a bit more of an Americanism, isn't it? Poking, po- poking, parking meteor. Okay, I get it. Okay, I, yeah. I like that one. Like a parking meter, meteor. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Okay. I get that one. I get that. It's better than sir. <laughs> I, I still. I, I still don't know that one. Um. I don't know what I'm doing here. Right up next. What do you call a Jawa on an iceberg? Lost. Yes. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how do you, you know that? You're, again, like, <laughs> what, the absurdity what? of the last two. Lost. I mean, it's not funny, is it? It's not. It's it that's makes more no factual sense. than anything. It's like me saying, like, oh, what do you call a zebra on a um, on a uh, Mitsubishi Outlander? <laughs> Foolish, yeah. <laughs> and people might be like, oh, what, what, what? Like, thinking there's going to be lost. What do you call a cookie on a swing? Lost. Yeah, just lost, isn't it? I don't know. Shouldn't be That's there, good. should it? What do you call a uh, really boring show? Lost. Right, <laughs> up next. Um, <clears throat> I'm joking. I've never seen it, man, but let's be honest. It's no Mandalorian. Um, we got a few more here, man. What did the Wampa say to the Tauntaun? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah sound <laughs> no that's not the answer it says this one's a little bit better it's, i mean these are proper like penguin joke things um it says <laughs> it says well it's been nice gnawing you oh <laughs> i mean i feel there's a part of the the joke missing there had it said what did the wampus yeah. say while he was eating the tauntaun it's not good is it it's not good uh, well uh, right right, right so up next two more two more two more two more See? I've got to get one more out of these two. You, you got it, mate. You got it. Did you hear about the queues at the Jawa Hospital? Um, I won't lie to you. This one's flipping genius. Uh, Uchini. <laughs> uh, good guess. I have no idea about the queues no, at the Jawa you, Hospital. You have to be a little patient. Oh. <laughs> I like that one. I That's like that one. That's not bad, is it? <laughs> you can tell I've just hired a bunch. These are just like copy paste jokes, and they've just like pasted Star Wars stuff. On so them. Just, 
really poorly twisted them to be Star Wars E. Exactly. Exactly. Um, right. Are you ready for your final, final I've get, question? I've got, get one. I've got one, so I'm happy, but got to get this one. Yeah, you, mate, you, you're killing it. You, I wouldn't got any of these. I, I'd be like out of the room by now. I'd be gone. <laughs> I'd be opening a tinny right now. Um, okay, last one, mate. Last one. It says, what do you call a spaceship with a broken air conditioner? Spaceship with a broken air conditioner. Um... Um, I mean, it's, so, it's so bad. It's so bad. So bad. <laughs> a space with a broken air conditioner. Something to do with being hot. Um. Oh no, I can't think. I can't think. No, I'm out. Um, a hot spaceship. I honestly hot, can't think. I mean, I mean, it's kind of there. A frying saucer. That's, oh. Yeah. I, I mean, where'd you go from here? I mean, it's been I the, 51, know, the 51 shows have been nice, but this is the last show we've ever done now. We can't get any better than this. I mean, <laughs> that's frying it. Saucer. A frying saucer, people. And the book is closed. <laughs> Guys, if any of you have got any of those, please let us know. i got one, and I'm so proud i got one of those. They are some of the uh, more interesting gags I've ever heard in my years of existence, mate. Oh, bro. Well, there we go. That is the Star Wars Sessions game. You do not know what you're going to get from week to week. Next week is obviously Matty Boy's turn, and I cannot wait to see what he gives me. After that, neither can I, after what you've just put me through. That was that was awesome. Vicky, thank you for giving Luke that book, because that got that's uh, hopefully given our listeners a laugh, because it made us laugh anyway. Um, but on a high note, thank you, Ken Napsop, for coming on. But that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions number 51. The fun doesn't end there, never does. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us online, Master Blywalker? Well, they can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on Twitter. They can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. Uh, And feel free to... Oh, hang on. No, I've already done that. Oh, my days. This is the first time. Is this the first time I've actually like that's, mugged that's up the, the ending? I don't know. I'm going to carry on. Yeah, go for it, mate. I'm flipping, What's I'm going to carry on. I'm going to carry on. Okay. <clears throat> or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or message to our email address, sws at whatwatchtonight.co.uk. That's sws at whatiwatchedtonight.co.uk. And if you want to support the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. That's how you know you don't just copy and paste this ending, guys. Um, <laughs> we're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast. You're going to find us there. And if you love the show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice. Provider, provider. That's how you know we don't copy and paste. And head over to Podchaser. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. So please do drop us a review on there too because it helps us out more than you know. And as we always say, we love hearing from you guys, the best listeners in the galaxy. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Please tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your manager, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin. The more the merrier. The Kessel Spicier. Dub, 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 dub. Tell Sir the Angry Wookiee as well. Tell him this is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time, from me, see ya. And from Luke, may the frying saucer be with you always. Luke. Dab. <laughs> <laughs>
They are Essex-based podcast heroes. But I might be the only person in the whole galaxy who knows what you really are. Tell that to Country Club.